Welcome to another episode of Hurwitz's House of Horror. I'm your host, Steve Hurwitz, and this is the podcast where we talk about a different horror movie every week. Sometimes we'll bring you some horror news, and we just like to kick back and have ourselves a good time here in the house. Joining me as always here in his brand spanking new chair instead of a, I don't know, like a like a poolside chair, like a <laughs> like a folding chair. Yeah, it's like a folding like, like a, folding a lawn chair. chair. I haven't introduced yet. Please stop. Is my co-host Jefferson Miller. Hey, Jeff. Jesus. Everyone's excited. Can you tell? I mean, you should be. Look at that chair. You're sitting in that chair. It's nice and comfortable. Whoa. What is happening? Yay. I'm here. Welcome back, man. How are you? Um, I'm comfortable. You look it. Yeah, I'm a little leather leather chair here. We've been keeping that chair. The garage. Just hanging out? Yep. Don't you also have some really cool like movie theater seats in there, too? I do. I should bring those here, too. Just set them up. We can have a live live studio audience. As they watch us just awkwardly yeah, talk about horror movies. Um, Can I go to the bathroom? No! No, not until we're done. Keep quiet. Some people might think that make a good level in the Patreon. You know, yeah, live studio edition. audience yeah. tier. But you can't leave once it's started. Yeah. Uh, quite please, sorry, the door's locked. No entry or exit unless uh, there's an emergency. Welcome back, everyone. How are you? Uh, you. Yeah, you, you listener. Jeff. I'm not oh. talking to listener this time. I'm talking to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad to hear it. We are once again back in this room, this nice air-conditioned room for anyone who does not live in Sacramento right now. We're just going to fill you in on a little bit of detail of how awfully hot it is outside. It's quite hot. Yesterday, I think it hit 107. Today, Mm -hmm. it probably hit about, I don't know, like 103. Too many. It's been pretty awful, but we are in this nice air-conditioned room, your old room, which used to get too cold, but now we're just soaking it up. Yep, we're just blasting the AC in here. I'm gonna soak up the AC. Gonna. And feel real cool. Gonna soak up the AC. Thank you again for always saving my butt, Jeff. Today, I've actually decided to provide us with some tasty treats as well. I've put out some pretzels. Yeah, the, the, the best snack for a audio, an audio format is crunchy pretzel sticks. As I've been eating them, my mouth gets drier and mm-hmm. they just get louder as I'm chomping into these. Totally. We just want to give a quick heads up to everyone. We are testing out a new sound board board i kept wanting to say sound bar i'm like that's not right <laughs> we're testing out a new sound bar jeff has full control nope, soundboard. It. <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> how's that going <laughs> oh god that's pretty loud that's man. pretty loud right <laughs> sorry everybody also just exited it it's a good start so far like yeah. like steve was saying we have a new soundboard that we're testing out thank you so we'll see how that goes maybe it'll sound like trash maybe it'll Maybe it'll bring new life into the podcast. Who knows? This intro is going just as well as last week's. Yeah. Yeah. Our intros are, I wouldn't say are like fluid, you know, just um, smooth. (laughs) I feel like that description fits pretty much how smooth our intros are. Well, let's make a smooth transition into the horror hour. Jeff, hit it. (laughs) This week for the horror hour. Hmm. I, I took a bite of some pretzels and got this really dry. This is an already a disaster. <clears throat> this week for the horror hour, 
my news is going to be very light. But I want to start off with you, Jeff. Usually you always bring something spectacular to the table. So let's have it. So let's have it. <laughs> um, get ready to just scream your pants off, Steve. All right. This week for my horror hour news, I found <laughs> out. Oh, I found where out. Are my pants? A, where are your pants? Yeah, I screamed them off. Oh, oh, that's right. It's a joke. Um, uh, there are 11 seasons of Frasier. Really? Yeah. I was not I aware. guess I don't know if this is a horror hour news as much as a sub segment of horror hour. The famous segment, Jeff watches Frasier maybe? Yeah. I was like, man, how much Frasier is there? I feel like I've watched it all at this point. And I looked mm-hmm. it up and it's like 274 episodes. So it was like, is that too much? Uh, and they're going to make more too much. Anyway, that's it for my, uh, <laughs> horror hour news. Great. Uh, what about you? Uh, Mr. Hurwitz? I'd call that more like a Frasier fact. Oh, Not bad, right? Interesting. Jeff brings a weekly Frasier fact into right. the fun New house. segment? Who's the same? Probably. My news that I'll start off with here is that there has been reports that the Prey director and also 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachenberg will be directing an episode in Stranger Things Season 5. Now, that's pretty much all the information that we have. There's honestly really not that much known about this season and when it's actually going to get back on track, aside from that Linda Hamilton will be joining. But I'm excited that he'll be joining this final season because I am a big fan of this director. Do we know who's been, I mean, like, who's been directing? Because I know, like, the... The Duffer Brothers. Duffer Brothers direct some episodes. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, random directors. So he's just kind of being announced as, like, because he's a known director. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And it's still in the horror genre. I think Prey is a fantastic, like, action horror. Yeah, Prey was great. More in line with the uh, Predator, original Predator, Mm -hmm. which was an action horror. Right. Because if you didn't know what was, like, if you took out that scene where you see the ship coming and landing on Earth or, you know, in space... It's pretty much just like these army guys are being attacked by this invisible dude, and he has like he's pulling people's spines. Yeah, out. he could be like a Jason, exactly you know, type. But then it's an alien, and so I really have been looking forward to like I want more news about this. Mm-hmm. I've been watching clips from last season, and that was such a good season of Stranger Things. Yeah, and I've been reading some rumors or some ideas that people are having that maybe Linda Hamilton is going to be playing a future version of Eleven. And there was like a side by side comparison. I was like, I can 200% see that. There's just like a massive time jump and none of the original cast come back or time travel. Oh, time travel. Because I don't know how time works in the upside down. Aside that it's not normal. Right. Maybe she's somehow like trapped in Super there ages. and then comes back through time. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. She gets sucked in and then comes back and she's like, hello, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an adult now. Kids. Yeah. I'm an adult. I like, I like waffles. That, that famous uh, stranger things quote. I like waffles. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. So that's the Stranger Things news segment. I have something a little less horror related, but this is also our podcast, and I want to talk about it because it's something that I love. Now, apparently, is it cereal? it's even better than cereal. Pluto TV is going kaiju crazy with a just announced Godzilla channel. It'll be a free channel that will air Godzilla movies and nothing but Godzilla movies 24 hours a day, seven <laughs> days a week. Hell yeah. Jeff, I, can't I use Pluto every day. Really? Yeah. Not, oh. They're not even a sponsor. But again, Pluto, come on, reach out. Just give us, like, I love Godzilla. You How love do you Pluto. think I watch Frasier? Pluto, Pluto. baby. It's the Frasier <laughs> channel. Everything's coming full circle yep. now. 
Well, Pluto TV has announced a new Godzilla channel filled with not only classics such as the original 1954 film and Godzilla vs. Megalon, but more even left field editions such as the animated Godzilla series from the late 90s, early 2000s. I have a quick question. Shoot. Is his name Megalon? The villain? Or is it Megalodon? No, it's Megalon. I'm, I'm thinking of the Meg. You are. Megalon Which? is the guy or the kaiju. He's got like a bee. Uh, he's got like a weird shaped head and he's got like drill arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were going to say bee head. I was. kind of looks like a bee, like right? Sort or of flyish. Sort of flyish, yeah. Yeah. But they are going to have all Godzillas and apparently they are going to have uh, exclusive to this channel seven Godzilla movies that you won't, I guess, will be exclusively streaming to, to this channel. And it kind of excites me because the ones there that are exclusive are the ones that I grew up on. The Return of Godzilla from 85, Godzilla versus Biollante versus King Ghidorah, Mothra, Godzilla 2, Space Godzilla, and Destroya. Hell yeah. Those are the Godzilla movies that I have to thank my friend uh, Zach. Zach Berlow, if you're listening, shout out. He showed me those movies and he had all the toys. And I just love those movies. Speaking of which, look to my right and I see a Godzilla right here. Do you know what movie that specific Godzilla is from? No, but it is from the era of the Godzilla movies that I love. That's right. It's the classic. And James and I also, when we were living together, would sit down and just watch random Godzilla movies, like in that cycle of the horror movies as Mm -hmm. well. What would he call Godzilla? Uh, we started calling him an avocado poop cat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because he, he looks he looks kind of like an avocado. His skin is avocado like. Yeah, kind of. His legs a bit of are kind of poop poopy. Yeah, kind of poopy legs. <laughs> and just like a cat, he just knocks over buildings and knocks shit over. Just yeah, and he kind of has like, his face is kind of cat like in, in some ways. Yeah. Godzilla. Yeah. Sorry, that oh. was just me. God scared me again. I'm one of the. I wouldn't say I'm one of the biggest Godzilla fans, but I've always really loved anything Godzilla. I got great Godzilla shirts and mm-hmm. I have been a pretty solid fan of the newer Godzilla movies. I'd say Godzilla versus Godzilla King of Monsters was OK. But you I know think- what's funny is when you said the new Godzilla movies, my brain went straight to the the um, the one in 2000 or whenever that one came Matthew out. Broderick one? The Matthew Broderick one. Matthew Broderick one. Yeah. Oh, with sorry. The, with that one song that everyone was listening to, I don't the remix. remember. Anyway, was yeah, it the long face um, Godzilla? Da dee da ba die. I think so. Da dee da ba die. We play that every time he came on screen. I'm Godzilla, and I don't breathe actual atomic breath. I will roar near a truck, and it will explode in the trailer, making you think I'm having atomic breath. The whole movie is a music video. Narrated by that song. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it was good. It was a good one. But you were talking about the most recent movies. Yeah, I think they've been pretty solid. I just have always, again, I've been appreciator of practical effects and just men in suits bashing each other, looking like absolute dog shit and a (laughs) bunch of goofs. (laughs) There's a certain charm about it Mm -hmm. growing up on that. So unfortunately, that kind of does it for me when it comes to horror related news. I haven't done too many other horror games i guess i beat resident evil 8 on the vr how do you feel super good it was super fun i'm excited for resident evil 4 to come to the vr and also i'm pretty sure we're going to start playing resident evil 4 Uh oh that's going to be our new go-to game since i don't think the quarry is it would be cool if we could do like couch co-op you're on vr i'm on the playstation that would be pretty rad maybe one day who's maybe someday they'll make that happen well let's do a quick little lead-in into today's movie jeff We are watching Night of the Creeps, and coincidentally, last week we did do Slither, Mm -hmm. and I did not plan this at all. I've you've heard me talk about wanting to do this movie for a Mm -hmm. while, 
In fact, I think we moved it. We moved it back. A couple times. Yeah. Yeah, and it just landed coincidentally behind Slither. There are a few similarities, and I actually really like that, but I think that they are, uh, not, you know, I'll save that for, for when we get into it. I would say, like, if you told me Slither was a remake of The Creeps, or Night of the Creeps, mm-hmm. I would believe you, or at least an indirect kind of like, oh, yeah, it was just, they were going to do a reboot, and they decided to do something kind of different. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Fun fact, you know? All right. Well, Jeff, are you ready to get into it? <sighs> yes, I am. This week, we're talking about Night of the Creeps from 1986, written and directed by Fred Decker. The Night of the Fool is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the Night of the Creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get in through your mouth, and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. First off, Jeff, can we please have the Jeff summary of the movie? Uh, Yes, sir. This movie is about an alien experiment that crash lands on Earth and um, wiggles about causing chaos in a college town uh, as we follow our two main characters. What's his guy and the other dude, um, uh, Billy Batson and his buddy, the there, you know, the other guy who's also an orphan. Right. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. How does he do it every week? Every time. Those boxes, they just keep coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't even own these movies. And uh, right here on the back of the box is the tagline. If you scream, you're dead. There's there's two more. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut any of these that you want. Nope. It'll be the night of your life. Death. Which I, I don't get that one. I don't either. And they don't bother to knock. So good ones, guys. Real clever. I think they should have used a certain tagline. Jeff, I'm going to show you something, and I want you to describe what you see. Whoa, hey. hey what the Woo. What the heck? Night of the Creeps t-shirt. The Oh, that is actually, I thought I put it in the wrong spot. That was the top tagline. The good news is your dates are here. The bad news is they're dead. <laughs> I love this movie, first of all. I am wearing a Night of the Creeps t-shirt. I had to, of course, for this episode. So good. Uh, once again, it is a shirt provided by Gutter Garbs. That's where you got your Maximum Overdrive shirt. That's right. I've gotten some other cool shirts from there. Look for cool horror apparel there if that's what you need. But let's talk about the director real quick. Do you recognize the director's name, Jeff? Frank Deckard. Fred Decker. <laughs> that's right. That's yep. what I said. Uh, I do recognize his name. He, he dir- directed the, the Monster Squad. There you go. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I... I can see that. I've definitely, yeah. I had only seen this. I hadn't seen Monster Squad before. And so when I was watching Monster Squad, I saw similarities or subtle just things that reminded me mm-hmm. of, of this movie. And I really enjoyed them. And I kind of made me it made me appreciate the Monster Squad more because mm-hmm. I had never seen that until we watched it for the episode. And that was one that you suggested as well. Yeah. So I'm excited to see maybe your thoughts on on both of them at the end of this. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I read that um, 
he had some help writing the script from Shane Black. Really? Yeah, his friend at the time. I can kind of see that. And I like, think- I think it was like right before this came out, he had released Lethal Weapon or something. I don't know. I don't know the timeline, but mm-hmm. he was like an unknown dude when he helped on this. I'm pretty sure. Well, I definitely could see some uh, Shane Black influences on this. I think Shane mm-hmm. Black is good at making like a buddy comedy type, right. type deal. And our two main characters definitely have a good, uh, a dumb like connection, a dumb friendship. But it's still, I see it there. Yeah, it felt it didn't feel too f- like force or force. Yeah. Well, let's start off with the opening scene, which I think is the perfect way to start this movie. It is an alien. And he's running down an alien hallway and he's just naked and he's holding this pod thing and he's just tearing ass as he's chased by two more aliens. Mm -hmm. You started laughing and then you stopped and looked at me and you said, you know, I have no idea what this movie is going to be about. And I was like, perfect. Yeah, I realized going, I was like, Night of the Creeps. I don't know. We put it on and then that opening. Mm -hmm. Honestly, to be completely honest, set the bar really high. (laughs) I saw that and I was like, I am so ready for whatever this is. I had zero clue about anything. I didn't know it, it, that it was about to do these two guys. I yeah. didn't know if it was set in space. It could have been like. All you knew was that I was excited for it. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. It's a movie called. Night. Oh, you did tell me it was made the mid 80s. Yes. That was literally the only thing and the title. So that was a great way to go into a movie. These aliens are firing at this one carrying this pod. The alien ends up launching it into space. And it gets launched to Earth. We are now shown Sorority Row in 1959. I like this transition because it goes from weird campy aliens into a black and white 50s, mm-hmm. early 60s setting. And it's you hear like the doo-wop, shoo-wop, oh, that's Hanson. You hear like pop <laughs> music <laughs> and everyone's, you know, in that classic. Totally. 50s. Like in those old school cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. I really liked how. So apparently he did want to shoot the whole thing in black and white. I and they're all like, I could see that. No, that's a bummer. Um, but I really do like how, like you said, it starts campy 80s aliens, goes into 50s black and white doo-wop type shit, like Grease style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, spoiler alert, you know, obviously it leaves that and it goes back to color. And I was like, that little, I don't know, it was really, it was just really cool. It kind of reminded me of They Live, how they transitioned to black and white. Color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's also radio reports going off that we're hearing about some escaped convict who has murdered multiple people i think maybe Mm -hmm. six people classic b movie b plot and he's on the loose we have a couple hanging out on just like a lover's lane type overlooking Mm -hmm. the city the point the point you see stars and all that and we have an interaction between some of the characters a cop comes up to a car and he starts talking to them and it's clear that the uh the lady and the cop have had some history Mm -hmm. while the gentleman in the car is like oh that's that's weird that's anyway, awkward. let's get to kissing. The cop leaves and then the couple see something fall from the sky and land in the woods. And the guy is just like, let's go searching. I'm, I believe this this guy's name is Johnny. So we'll refer to him as Johnny. It's Johnny and Pam. So they drive off. Pam stays in the car. Johnny goes into the woods and he finds what has landed. And it's the the pod looking thing that was launched from the alien ship. And immediately, like- yeah, creepily crawly mm-hmm. slugs, essentially. And it breaks open and one jumps straight into his mouth. And that's yeah, when you looked so at me goofy. and you were like, oh, I was like, oh, this is like Slither. Because in that movie, as we know, you know, the same thing, the couple go into the woods, they find a pod. It shoots a thing into his mouth. I was it, like, well, this is really close mm-hmm. to that. I will say at this point, I was 
nervous. I was like, are those little alien boys not coming back? Yeah. Because I had misunderstood. I thought he left in skate pod. Oh, I see. Originally, I thought he like hit the thing and shot one of them down to earth. But then it was this pod of like wormy boys, slugs. While Pam is in the car, you hear more reports of how the escape convict is in this one specific area. And I love this bit. She turns on the headlights and it's the exact location where the radio is like, oh, he's going down, you know, Route 66 towards this boulevard or whatever. And it shows literally the the freeway sign next to the thing that's like. That location is in three miles. It was like, okay, (laughs) they're parked like two feet from it. She's calling out for Johnny. And then we see someone approaching the car with an axe. You see the axe raised and it swings and then it cuts to black. We flash forward now to number one. Pledge week 1986. We're introduced to our two main characters, Chris and JC. They are out and about just trying to meet girls and get the college life experience, it seems like. I think they they say they're out to actually they're out to meet uh, major babes. That's I'm pretty sure what he says. I forgot that that was a term in the 80s. Major babes. Major babes reporting for duty. Let's bring it back. Yeah. Just hanging out, talking to some major babes. Hey, what's up, major babe? I also like the term. um, Never mind. (laughs) That is a great term. Never mind. It's a good one. It's useful. So how would you describe Chris and JC? Um, a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, kind of like a classic dorky 80s movie duo. Mm-hmm. Um, two, uh, uh, just a cut and paste um, from Shazam. It's the exact same two characters, it seems like. Where there's one who's like, I'm the sarcastic guy and I make jokes. Um, and he walks with canes. Um, and then the other guy who's like, I'm sh- I just like girls, but I'm shy. But they're both dickheads. And the one who's shy just also sucks. Yeah, everything. He's just like, <laughs> she's so pretty. Don't say anything to her. You he's know, the that wettest level. blanket you'll ever meet. Exactly. So I was reading a fun fact that the director had JC and crutches like for no particular reason. Like some people are asking, why was this character like this? Why did you have him in crutches? And he said, well, it's just how it goes. There's no real, real reason to it. I was like, oh, that's that's cool. It's like an inclusion thing. You know, some people just have that. happen." He's like, I don't know. That's just how the character turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris sees some major babe, as you say. Her name is Cynthia Cindy Cronenberg. Now, here's a fun fact. A lot of these characters, their last names were names that are based off of famous horror people. There was Cronenberg. You had Raimi. You had Landis, Landis, Romero, Hooper. I really like that. It's just a big time horror director who is bringing in some really popular things. Mm -hmm. I I like these. I noticed they do that a lot in these movies. There's a lot of. Yeah. Like we're talking about again in Slither. Slither. They did a lot of that, too. That's funny. Well, Chris and JC realize the only way that they can kind of get girls is by pledging to a fraternity. And it seems like they're going to go with the beta fraternity. Is that what they were? I believe so, which is funny. That is that, that is pretty funny. Yeah. The head beta, his name is called, he is, he's Brad? Brad, yeah. He has a really cool license plate that we see later on that says the Bradster. He calls himself <laughs> the Bradster. He's pretty terrible. Well, the betas say that they will let Chris and JC join if they grab a cadaver and leave it on the footsteps of a rival fraternity. Fraternity, yeah. Which They're is like, fucking insane. Yeah. Like, hey, we have a way to to what's it called? Not rushing. 
Haze. Oh, haze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to haze you. Go find a corpse and leave it in front of a fraternity house. It's like, yikes, dude. (laughs) Well, they agree to do it. And after they leave, this is when we see that Cindy is with Brad. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. In a dramatic reveal. Was it? Slow pan up as she's walking past. Then she turns. (gasps) And then they kiss. And then she's kind of like talking as it fades, which I thought was a weird choice. It was like, oh, I I don't know if we're supposed to know what she's saying, but. Chris and JC end up sneaking into the like medical wing of the of the college and they end up finding a secret room mm-hmm. where they find a frozen man in like a cryostasis chamber. Yep. And well, it's Johnny from the 1950s. That's right. JC is just he's pretty excited. Actually, he's like, oh, man, this is like the future right here. You freeze people. He called like a like a human human sickle, a corpsicle, a corpsicle. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they and they're like, you know what? This seems really serious. Uh, we should probably leave and go back to our dorms, right? That is not what happens. Uh, JC just starts touching buttons, yep. and well, Chris being the wet blanket as he is, he's just like, don't, don't, don't but, do that. He's like, what do you mean this? And pushes a big red button that says "shut off" or something like that. The cryostasis opens, and they grab Johnny, the frozen Johnny, and they start to move him. And then he his eyes open. He grabs one of them on the arm and they both just freak out, scream and leave running. They bolt. They end run up running at 40 miles an hour like banshees. Yeah. <laughs> they run past a scientist who goes in the room like, oh, what? And then we see Johnny open up his eyes and he spits out a slug right into the scientist's mouth. Yeah. A little French kiss. We now have one of the best character introductions that I have ever witnessed. One of my all time favorite actors makes his greatest appearance here. Mm-hmm. We have Mr. Tom Atkins as Woo! that was a perfect opportunity to use that soundboard. You're killing it. it. You're killing it, Jeff. We have Tom Atkins as Detective Ray Cameron, like James Cameron. Oh, yeah. He is living the best life he could possibly be living. He's on the beach. He's wearing this just white tuxedo. He sunglasses has ladies on. around him, sunglasses. He's drinking the drink out of a coconut that's the life right there and then we start to see a woman rising out of the water and she looks sort of familiar yeah fully dressed mm-hmm. hair's dry mm-hmm. which cool effect i was like i wonder how they did that maybe oh, they reversed i was it. gonna say that's how yeah they would have to do that right and all of a sudden he gets up and blinks and now he's holding a shotgun wearing a cop's uniform and he's walking towards the same car that we saw at the very beginning of the movie and we see this zombie looking thing or do we just see the back of it? The back of him hatcheting away into the front seat. Yeah, and it is bloody. It is, mm-hmm. he's fucked some shit up. He turns around and we see a skeletal face, right? Yeah. yeah and then. Like, <laughs> it looks kind of like, um, it reminded me of Creepshow. Yeah. I've never seen Creepshow, but I've seen posters and stuff. Is that what I'm thinking of? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, just imagine a zombie. That's, that's yeah. what he sees. With like long spinning hair. Yeah. And he gets a phone call and that wakes him up. And what is his phrase? Thrill me. Oh, my God. Well, he every he said that maybe 40 times. Multiple movie. times. That's like his what an insane line. way to answer the phone. Thrill me. Thrill me. I want to start doing that. You should. I got to say, like, especially after watching They Live, just catchphrases and catch mm-hmm. lines. They're they are the best. The first like all his dialogue in the first. It's so quotable. Section of this movie is like, yeah, I didn't write any of those quotes down, but it's like, who do you think I am? You know. Barnum and Bailey thrill me like weird shit. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, is that you detective? 
no, it's Bullwinkle or something. <laughs> Thrill me. Thrill me. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're crazy. Thrill me. So he gets called down to the medical offices and he walks in and he's like, why? You know, you told me that there were two bodies here. Why is there only one? And then, of course, he's also throwing around a lot more catchphrases. Right. And like, do you know how to count, officer? Let me show you. And he takes his finger. And he's like, one, two, two bodies. Where's the other body? And they're like, well, I don't know. There was two when, when we got called, but it took us a while to get here. So now there's one. He also threatens another cop by putting his baton up his butt. Yeah, he's like, uh, he says something like, you want me to take this baton and go on poop patrol? I was like, Jesus, dude. <laughs> this this shit would not fly today, sir. Okay. Hey, the 80s are a different time. Yeah, get ready for some legal action, my friend. Plus, how is it? How are like the audience supposed to know that this is a grizzled, gruff cop if he doesn't have yeah. all these catchphrases? Uh, my boss said he was going to shove his baton up my ass. <laughs> uh, sounds like a good cop to me. Yeah, it sounds like a, you had to come in there, partner. Sounds like a true leader. Well, he does say a line like, corpses just don't get up and walk away. And then, of course, we see a corpse slowly approaching a sorority house. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like a an ongoing like trope or whatever that people do intentionally where it's like in zombie movies? I think that's a thing. It's yeah. like quoted that quote followed by a zombie walking is used in like a bunch of zombie movies. I oh, think I, I read that somewhere. I bet. I, I wouldn't doubt it. It's mm-hmm. just a funny sort of yeah. dumb throwaway line. We are now back with Cindy and she is at the sorority house. I like that there is just a very <laughs> deliberate conversation where one of the sisters there's like, hey, I have this uh, science experiment of brains. Can I put this? Where can I put this? She's like, what? Human brains? <laughs> and she's like, quiet. Um, can I put it in the basement? She's like, I mean, I guess. Don't leave it up here. So she's getting ready for bed, Cindy. And as she's getting ready, she hears something at the window. And then we have this corpse that has been slowly getting closer and closer to the house appear in her window and we have another scene that made me think of slither because you see this corpse the zombie johnny put its face right up and you see there's a slit right in the middle of its head and it opens up yeah ew and it reminded me of the scene with that one talented guy the cop gets whipped by the tentacle yeah and he gets cut through the middle and he moves his eyebrows and stuff and you see it open up yeah well this guy's face opens up and you just see slugs start pouring out some of them start to go under the house. Some of them just start crawling around the house. And then it just cuts back to Detective Ray. He gets on scene and he goes around the house to see, I think it's like the the, the godmother's house. What do you call them? The house mother. The house mother. He sees that there's a quarters or something. There's a house built back there. And he starts having these flashbacks of burying someone and wrapping someone up in paper and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And clearly... He's had some trauma to his in his past. Yeah. I didn't make the connection that he was the young cop. I don't think you were supposed to. Oh, sorry, everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's OK. Because, it, I mean, it shows him like the cop at the scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's supposed to be like the kind so of I did follow. Correctly. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I didn't realize that either. And it's a very. Yeah, but I was reveal. like, but at the same time, it's like you're the same age. And that was in the 50s. 50s yeah he said he was like fresh out and of- this is the 80s so that was 30 years ago and you look exactly the same so i'm like i thought maybe i was supposed to catch on at that point well he was he's, in the like dream you know that wasn't his age though that's what i'm saying is like at that point i f- i thought my brain would be like oh wait how is he the same age in the I dream see. oh he was probably young yeah and then made the connection to him being the cop or whatever but i didn't do any of that and i think you're right you're I, maybe i had that exact same reaction at it. yeah 
but not fully get it until later. So just wait for that one, guys. The next day, Brad ends up with the rest of the betas going to Chris and <laughs> fucking betas, Chris and JC and being like, are you guys kidding me? Because while Detective Ray was at the house, he saw the the corpse and its head was sort of like gone. Mm-hmm. You saw it, it like there and it looked almost like an axe went straight through the forehead. But the betas are blaming JC and Chris and they fucking are just dicks and knock over jc's crutches and all that yeah they're like we said put the corpse in front of the fraternity house not the sorority house and they're like well we you told us to do that and we didn't actually yeah well, they're so like, we freaked out we didn't even do it <laughs> yeah and this also is where cindy apparently now finally sees that brad and the betas are uh mm-hmm. sounds like a band now brad next up we have brad and the betas do up do we she realizes now that they're, maybe they're not the coolest kids on the on the block there. Yeah. This is also when Detective Ray shows back up and he takes in Chris and JC for questioning. Not a lot is really learned other than that. They just freaked out and they did not leave this body somewhere and it's not their fault. Yeah, they're they're innocent for the most part. There's also just some great lines about how they ran out of the medical secret room at 40 miles an hour screaming like banshees. Yeah, they say it like six times. And there's a janitor there who just confirmed their story, but he's the one who's always just like screaming like budgies. And he's like, ha 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 ha. He, he loved that. I, I mean, I did too. Yeah. We now flash to the scientist who got the slug into his mouth. He has been like, he's been autopsied, right? That's why he's like bloodied and cut down the middle. Yeah. And he has like a pair of, because he has like scalpels hanging by from his neck and stuff. Played by uh, David Pamer. He is very familiar. He looks very familiar. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. I can't, I I feel like he's a character actor. I I couldn't place what he's been in, but he's been in hundreds of things that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a great scene, he sits up and it was sort of startling because it happens really Mm -hmm. fast. And then he walks out and there's a cop who walks past the body and paying attention. And he's just like, ah, for the night, huh? Or something. Yeah, like, okay, have a good one. Because he's like looking down at the corner of his eye. You just see someone moving. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. And then as he passes it, the camera pans up and you see this, the scientist dude like super zombified with like the scalpel hanging from his neck. And just blood down yeah. his front. I thought that just was Just walking out. Well, he that was funny. makes a beeline straight for this janitor that we just mentioned. And the janitor, another one bites the dust. <laughs> I'm not proud of that at all. Does that count? Yeah, I'd yeah, say so. Okay. So once again, Detective Ray is called to the scene of another death. Thrill me. And it is of the scientist. And we see his brain is now, or his whole head is now like split open. Yeah, ew. And there is a shot of just sluggy slugs slugging about. <laughs> and they're just not even paying attention to them. Fairly close to the bodies, but whatever. Yeah, like three feet away. <laughs> down but the hallway. What we're learning now is that when these slugs incubate inside of you, the only way that they can come out is by bursting out through your head. And that's what rips your head apart. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very cool detail. It's, I liked that. It's like gross and over the top. In the best like B-movie way. Mm-hmm. During this time too, Chris and Cindy are now getting closer. She had a little incident back at the sorority house where a zombie cat attacked one of the, the uh, goofiest the looking zombie cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like clearly just like a stuffed animal. And she starts telling Chris, like, am I going crazy? I know. It, I mean, I think that the the corpse that was there, he was like a zombie before his head exploded. Mm. And Chris she's is like, like, I swear, I saw the cat be buried. And she's like, am I going crazy? And Chris is, says, like, uh, maybe I should walk you back to the dorm. But they are getting closer. And she also invites him to go to formal to go together. And 
which is crazy. Yeah. At this time, too, JC is in the bathroom and he gets attacked by these slugs. The janitor that got zombified makes his way into the bathroom, falls down, and you just see slugs come out of his head, Uh, burst it out. And JC is having a little bit of a hard time because he's trying to reach out and get some matches. I don't really know why he wanted the matches in the first place. Yeah, I didn't fully get, first of all, where the matches came from. I'm assuming they like maybe fell out of his pocket or the janitor. They were just sitting on the there ground. There was just two matches in a matchbook sitting on the ground, like at his feet. Yeah. And he, yeah, he reached down because he saw the, sl- he opened the thing, I think, and saw the janitor. Yeah. Right. I was like, oh, and shut the, shut the door to his stall. And then he's like, oh, I guess I better reach for these matches super slowly. And then a slug slithers by and like clips his hand. And he's like, ow. So I was like, did it bite him or did, I don't know. And then he's like, oh, I got to get these matches though. So he reaches down and he grabs them really quick and then, and then lights the lights the match and burns the little matchbook and then slowly lowers it. And the whole time I'm like, I still I don't know what he's doing. I don't get this plan. Is he going to like I thought he was maybe going to set off the sprinklers. That's not a bad idea. Like maybe he saw those when he came in. They just haven't shown us yet, which yeah. would be kind of weird. And then he just holds it down and then the little slug goes like straight through the fire. Yeah. And just, catches on fire and then burns and like melts. I think it's just because they kept going back and forth. Yeah, was like, like, what well, are you guys doing? Come by eventually. Just doing laps. <laughs> He's like, I know it's coming through here. Or maybe like a shark. They were like, quote unquote, circling their prey. Right, you know, right. Pacing back and forth, waiting That's for a, him to come out. Yeah. And he just managed to make the timing perfect. And he's like, boom, burned. And yeah, the slugs do not like that. And the one that he managed to hit melts. He then pulls up his pants without wiping his butt, mm-hmm. which I didn't appreciate. Uh, and then tries to get out of the bathroom without his crutches, which again, maybe, you know, in a rush. Well, it was because... One slug managed to just go straight under the door instead of back and forth and went up his pant leg. Right. And that's what caused him to fall forward. So he's like, ah, and then falls and then tries to crawl out, which. And then we just. Now you're on the level with the slugs. More slugs all over. And then one is coming directly at him right into his straight to his mouth and cut to black. Yep. Well, Jeff, to bring Chris back down from the high from cloud nine that he's on from getting along with Cindy. Mm hmm. Detective Ray shows back up and he's like, all right, kid, get in the car. We're going for a trip. And so he takes Chris back to his apartment, pulls out just two glasses, fills him up with some uh, some booze. And he's like, all right, well, what happened to your high school sweetheart? Chris is like, oh, you know, she just didn't work out. And Ray's like, shut up. You know what happened to mine? <laughs> she got chopped up by an axe murderer. And you know what I did? I went out and I found that axe murderer and I murdered him. I shot him with a shotgun straight into the chest. Like, and this cool. entire time, Chris is just like sitting there like, should you be telling me this? Yeah. He's like, uh, besides uh, admitting to a murder, <laughs> is there any point to the story or? And this is when it comes together that the cop that we saw at the very beginning who came up to the two lovers in the car was actually a young detective, Detective <gasps> Ray. Whoa. Whoa. I that is when I got it for the first time, I which think I think that's when you're supposed to. Yeah. He's. I think two weeks being a beat cop or something or just joining the force. So he had a, he had a very eventful start to his career there. Mm-hmm. And he also tells us that once he killed this ax murderer, he took him and buried him in the backyard of the sorority house where the sorority mother, they like, yeah, the, he buried, I don't remember why his mother he uh, buried he, him there because it was an open lot at the time, but then they built the house above him. Correct. Yeah. Which also I was like, Huh, I feel like being a cop and responding to this scene, he could be like, well, 
he was axe murdering my girlfriend or my ex-girlfriend or whatever. And I shot him. Well, I don't think he actually saw the axe murderer there. I think he just came across the chopped up girlfriend. Oh, you're right. Cause he tracked him down. He yeah. said he tracked him down mm-hmm. in, in the dream. He was witnessing it, but that's just him being like all fucked up in the head. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm on the same page now. This is now when we see a slug going through the grass, which I got to say, I really liked the movements of the slugs because it's very clearly they're on like fishing lines, mm-hmm. but they slithered really well again for I'm a, surprised how they got them to like slither. It was impressive because like you said, you can in a lot of scenes, you can see the fishing wire yeah. or like you can tell this the clip's been reversed and it's mm-hmm. like really choppy and like clunky. But a lot of the scenes I was like, honestly, pretty good for what it was. Yeah. We see the slug go underneath the sorority sister, the sorority mother house. And we start to hear like this clunking and clunking and banging. And the house mother is just not doing much. And all of a sudden through the bottom of the floor, you see an ax just burst through. She just seemed kind of like, I get she's probably in shock, but it looks like she was just staring at it. Like, huh, that's weird. (laughs) There's a, a man bursting through my floorboards. And you see it crawl out and it's this undead creature and you see it raise its axe and then cut we're back with detective ray and he gets once again gets a phone call and it's to the sorority house and you see him grab his shotgun so him and chris go back to the sorority house and detective ray goes in the back and that's when he sees just body parts being pulled out from the house mother's place and like the cop that's on uh if we had to use a different gurney for each body part, we'd be here for hours yeah. or something like that. I don't know why that, that's not what he sounded like. <laughs> but it's just like, wow, you are very inconsiderate. Yeah. And he's he like, like, he was smiling. He giggles like this. He's like, <laughs> you know what? He reminded me of the cop from Friday the 13th part four, mm-hmm. where he's like, look at this kid all chopped up in pieces or mm-hmm. whatever. And, and he's like joking with the guy who ends up being the, you know, um, I was like, what's with all these like, Super disrespectful fucking police, you know? Maybe they're just desensitized to it. Yeah. Like, Maybe <laughs> I love seeing chopped up bodies. All of the horror that they've witnessed, <gasps> they end up enjoying and talking about on a podcast. Uh-oh. I didn't have podcasts back then. Yeah, they it. didn't. Yeah. They're just all the radio shows. There is a report that the detective hears that they finally tracked down the killer. All of the cops converge and they get him into an alleyway. And I love that Tom Atkins, he just has it's the same shotgun, I'm assuming, that he used to kill this guy the first time. Yeah, because he even says he shot him with a 12 gauge and he's like, grab my 12 gauge. And I love that he shows up on the scene, too, by hopping over a fence mm-hmm. and he has his shotgun raised. And I think like that is a scene that I, I think of him with the shotgun raised looking at something is, is you see it all the time. If you look up Tom Atkins, like that'll probably be one of the pictures that mm-hmm. he shows up. And fun fact, I believe Tom Atkins said that this was one of the one of his favorite movies to have been in. And That's I, awesome. I believe it. Again, yeah. catchphrases left and right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we have missed a few that he said. He had a great like arc. Mm-hmm. You know, his character was cool. Also, Jeff. Yes. Thrill me. Thrill me. Thrill me. So they all are aiming their guns like stop or we will shoot. And you see the zombie turn around and it's just a dead face. It's, it's like, like mostly a skeleton. a skeleton. Yeah. And it looks at at Detective Ray and you see it like sneer and smile at him too and I like that Mm -hmm. and he's like I have it written down here he says I already killed you you son of a bitch I already killed you all of the cops blast it and it's still standing because they're hitting it in the chest Mm -hmm. and you can see like light coming through the holes in its body and then he raises his gun and he just blasts its fucking head open (laughs) and this is when you just see a bunch more slugs just come flying out and just go slithering out about and everyone is a a little in shock. (laughs) 
we have a montage of all of the sorority sisters and the fraternity brothers getting ready to go to formal and then just shots of slugs going all about all about the house very 80s scene a lot of like cummerbunds and shoulder pads and classic 80s music big old big hairsprayed hair oh steve's Jeff, favorite it, it's a dream for me <laughs> god damn so funny i've been realizing i gotta i gotta a big mind. hair a thing for I, big hair i think i do jeff i think i do because he made a comment about somebody's hair and i was like but i like that yeah, i was like, like ew what's <laughs> going on here it's like a it was kind of like a weird half beehive like do where her hair was like big on top uh-huh. with like a little mullet coming out the back yes and sir. i was like it looks kind of like a like a old lady old lady diner mullet mullet yeah. and you're like oh yeah baby give it to me in that exact voice okay nope chris has still not seen jay-z since the previous night and he ends up finding a note in a tape recorded for him and i gotta be honest this bit was sort of dark because you oh, hear yeah. jay-z talking and saying They're taking over. I don't have a pulse. I I think I'm dead. And he tells them that they don't like heat and that he's going to go down to the boiler room Mm -hmm. and pretty much like he's going to kill himself. And he's like, and I walked there. Yeah. He's like, I've, I walked the whole way there or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that scene was, it was very cool, very dark, but kind of a cool. Oh yeah. I really liked it. It did add, you know, a much darker moment element into this Mm -hmm. than most of this movie. I mean, I guess there actually are, some There's pretty a couple dark, of dark moments parts. in this yeah, yeah, overall, yeah. but I think they did a good job making it, making putting like a light spin on it. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting that most of the time when the people get infected, they become mindless zombies, but JC was able to like still talk and so. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. It just like took a little longer. I guess so. That strong willed. Yeah. Oh, and I like the moment when he's like, I want you to know I love you. Yeah, I was like, okay, oh, yeah. I'm glad they included that. Yeah, you know, a little friendship there. Yeah, as opposed to what movie were we watching? Final Destination, where it was just two bros who couldn't be bros, even yeah, though they want like, to be bros. Don't take this the wrong way, but you're cool, man. And I miss you. Yeah, I miss you. Whoa, dude. Whoa, hey. No, just as a friend. I don't think we can be <laughs> friends anymore. I don't show feelings. Well, Chris goes down to the basement, and that is where he finds JC's body in the corner head split open, but you see that the slugs have just melted due to mm-hmm. the furnace heat. And he he's a little upset. Interesting. I wonder if he, this is f- kind of fucked up. Huh. Did he burst his own head open? I don't think so. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe if he had control still at that point, maybe he like smashed it right. into something. Because they they like melted in the heat. But I, I'm thinking maybe he just went down there and once and the incubation kind of like because... period is over, they explode right. no matter what. Right. And they just came out and immediately were melted. It was too hot and they melted. Yeah. Okay. My next note just says, Brad gets slugged by a dog. He gets, oh, slugged. <laughs> I, I thought you meant like punched. No, he gets slugged by a dog. Yeah, his soup. he's in, like, he sees a slug or whatever and he bends down. And he's no, like. No, no. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. That. yeah. And he's uh, he's like, hey, what do you think, dog? Because the dog like just kind of yeah, runs up to him. It's actually the dog from the. From the sorority house. Something that, yeah. Or no, no, from the, well, yeah, Still but the, the, the mother-in-law suite mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. Because <laughs> um, they're like, yeah, the dog, we saw the dog run out of here and we couldn't catch it. And then it tromps up to him and he's like, what do you think, dog? I, I just saw something crazy here. And then he turns to it and it's like, 
Ah! And it's like this weird little like <laughs> I think this is your favorite messed scene. up face. Yeah, it's like clearly, I mean, you know, clearly fake. Yeah. Very much like a weird zombie dog, mm-hmm. but like com- incredibly stiff. It's just like completely still, and it's it's like being shaken, and it's like Arr! or whatever in a in the, in a slug. Clearly, they reversed the thing, yeah. the footage of the slug going to his mouth because it just start it like goes zoop into his teeth, and it's like a freeze frame, and then it cuts away. I was like. That was so awkward. I love it though. though. It made me laugh. Just kind of janky shit like that. It's like we couldn't, we can't do anything better. Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciate that they went for it. It's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, Brad was just upset because he learns that Cindy no longer wants anything to do with him. Yeah. He's like, bitch. You got (laughs) slugged, baby. Yeah. We go to the betas. They are all getting ready to jump on a bus. And uh, once again, this dog, who is a big player in this movie, apparently. Yeah, damn. Is just standing in the road and the bus driver, he sees the dog. We have a really another weird effect where the bus driver's eyes bulge out of his head. Yeah, very weird. Felt very out of place. He like swerves into like what a taxi or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows the headlights and then his eyes. Yeah. Bulge out of his head for a second. And they get bright. And I was saying, I think it was supposed to be sort of transitional because the next scene, it starts off with like a light, mm-hmm. like a hanging light. Right. But it's still not good. Yeah, it was very weird. I'm like, did his head explode? <laughs> Which is what it would look like. It was like pressure or something was exploding yeah. out of his face. But very unsettling. Well, the dog you see runs up to the bus and run inside. And now we cut to Ray in a scene that is another pretty dark scene. He is sitting inside of his house. He's drinking a little scotch, I'm assuming, and he's playing with a lighter. He's not lighting it yet. But in the background, you just hear. And he hears knocking at the door and he just ignores it more and more banging. Finally, you see he's just like fucking shit. He gets up and as he's going to his door, you see him start to tear off duct tape. Around like, yeah, it's like duct tape all the cracks around the door, and which I originally thought was like to keep out the slugs. Me too. Turns out that is not what was happening. No. Chris shows up and he starts telling him, my they got best alfalfa. Friend. Yeah, they got JC. He is dead and these things will go inside your brain and they turn you into zombies. You have to believe me. And Ray's like, fucking. All right, fine. Because clearly he knew something was has been going on. Mm-hmm. He's been looking at old photos of the, the crime scene from his ex-girlfriend. Right. So he's getting ready. He grabs his shotgun once again and he goes over to an old stove. And this is when you see where the sound of that's coming from. It's yeah. gas. The, the stove is open and all the gas is turned on. He, this man was about, he was going to kill himself. So he's going to yeah, blow himself he, up. Yep. Like, fuck, man. Like, damn, dude. Obviously Come seeing on. his resurrected, like, nemesis pushed him over the edge. Mm-hmm. And like, like thinking about his dead girlfriend a lot. Yeah, it's all of these much. things just coming together and just, you know, that would drive anyone insane. Yep. But. Let me say, I'm just glad that he's back in action. Hell and yeah. I love that he was like begrudging, like, fucking, all right. He's like, fine, I'm a little busy, dude. <laughs> we go back to the turned over bus filled with the betas. And now we see them crawling out, busting through the glass. And they have clearly been infected by the dog as well. They have been dog slugged and they are zombies. And they start wandering, heading toward the sorority house. Back at the sorority house, Brad shows up and in a little bit of a funny bit, one of the sorority girls answers the door and she's like, Cindy, she's like very funny. Yeah. And he is obviously in full zombie face. He looks dead in the face. He has, I would, I would argue the coolest zombie 
look. Absolutely. Outside of the skeleton dude. All right, you're right. That's the best one. Yeah, but like as far as like a zombified human, recently zombified human. Yeah. He had the coolest look. So Cindy goes out with him and they sit down and she starts talking. I'm like not even paying attention to him or Mm -hmm. looking at him. Yeah, she just walks by without looking at him like. Takes his hand, sits him down. (sighs) Yeah. Like, all right, I'm sorry we haven't talked, but I just, I think we're done. I think we've had our course. And in the background, you see his mouth just open and you see slugs falling out. out. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we go back to Detective Ray and Chris and they go to, I'm assuming the police precinct. And in just one of the funniest scenes, Ray goes up to the ammunitions officer. He's like, all right, I would like one flamethrower, please. Mm -hmm. And we have a great cameo by the late, great Dick Miller. Hey. It's funny. He says, you know, can I have the requisition papers? And Tom Atkins is like, well, how's about these for your papers? And he just aims the shotgun at him. And arriving just in time to the sorority house, Detective Ray and Chris, they have the shotgun. They have the flamethrower. We see Brad's head open up and what Chris just lights Brad on fire, right? Yeah. They're like out of the way, Cindy or whatever. And then burns Brad. Does he shoot him first? I think, he, Tom I think maybe him? Tom shoots him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, he shotguns him and then they burn him because that was the first like, Team I remember being like, oh, this is the plan. Yeah. Shotgun flamethrower. It was just brilliant. I think that was one of the coolest scenes in mm-hmm. this movie for sure. And then he's like, hey, sorry, Cindy, we didn't know. Um, Here, hold the shotgun. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And she does take it. Yeah. And she just stands there shocked holding the shotgun. Detective Ray goes into the sorority house, and this is when we get that great line. He's like, oh, I got good news and bad news, girls. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. So good. <laughs> he has a bunch of great lines in this. Oh, yeah. Someone's like, I'm going to call the cops. And he's like, do it. Do it. Because <laughs> he is the cops. Yeah. So he's inside. He's trying to rally people together, and he's mm-hmm. trying to defend from inside while outside. We are now seeing all of the betas showing up. They're crawling all over the place, getting closer and closer. Cindy is still not responding. She's still in shock. Chris is just like, you need to do something. So he ends up switching. He gives her the flamethrower. He takes the shotgun. He's like, all right, on three, we need to do this. So their plan is to shoot the shotgun, blast open their head, and then use the flamethrower to light the body and the slugs on fire. Mm -hmm. Expose the slugs. Exactly. And thankfully, Cindy does respond. The first one, shot in the head lit on fire and i like that after that you see her just kick into action Mm -hmm. i like that from this point on cindy is not like a like a damsel in distress she becomes essentially an action hero totally and she's right there besides chris it's it's a combo and i appreciate the aesthetic of it too the whole like i'm a sucker for that kind of thing it's it's them and they're like he's wearing a tuxedo she's wearing a dress with a flamethrower on her back he's a the tuxedo with a shotgun it's like that's cool (laughs) So they start going around the entire property, one twoing, one twoing. We go back to Detective Ray. Zombies are now breaking into the house. He's trying to fire off his, it's a revolver, right? Mm-hmm, his little pistol. It's Miller time. One of the girls does get infected and she starts attacking him and he's about to give up because he's dropped his gun. And then he looks over in the corner and he sees a picture of his old dead girlfriend. And he's like, oh, all right, time to kick into action. And in one of my, again, another one of my favorite scenes, he grabs the gun and then the way it shot the camera. It's like, almost like it's mounted to him. It, I think it has to be. As he's spinning, it's like he's stationary and everything around him is spinning. And he's just, just yelling, <laughs> blasting. Boom, boom, boom. I was like, ah! Jesus Christ, dude. 
and we have we haven't been keeping track but we have not just there are kills left and right happening now yeah eventually chris and cindy get Mm. cornered and they end up managing to get out by cindy lighting one's like entire mouth and face on fire and explodes and then chris uses a lawnmower to just bust one's face up Mm -hmm. i love that later dude yeah, that whole them apparently being in the shed was added. Oh, really? That, yeah, they did like a screening and they're like, there wasn't enough action. Interesting. So they add, they did reshoots and they added the scene of them like back into the shed and the lawnmower thing and all that kind of stuff. I really liked all of that. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. Finally, it seems like everything's cleared out. And I think Chris asks Cindy, like, what is there anywhere else we need to clear? And there's a pause. And you know what it is? There are still brains in the basement. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because it shows them squiggling down there. And he's like, what is there? I mean, is there anything down there? And she's like, Ugh. it's like fucking human brains are down there. Yep. Snacks. So they arm up. Oh, also, let's just mention that Chris does turn off Cindy's flamethrower, which was yeah, a bad as idea. As soon as he did, I was like, why do you do that? Yeah. Especially because when the dude gave them the flamethrower, he, he's like, hey, by the way, if this goes out, it's a bitch to turn back on. Like, yeah, might not be able to. And he's like, well, anyway. Done killing those guys. Let me just close that. It's like, why? Mm-hmm. If you're done, let just re- let it run out. Well, Cindy and Chris Come make their way guy. to the basement. And as they're walking through, Chris is just yelling, get out. Get out now. <laughs> People are just running past them. Yeah, yeah. And once they get into the basement, they see just this pile of wiggly, scraggly, wormy slugs. Like big all one big pile. And we see Tom Atkins. He's already down there. And he has a piece of duct tape over his mouth, which as soon as I saw that, it made me think of a line that you said. You said, if I were in this slither situation, I would just put duct tape over Mm -hmm. my mouth. And I was like, fucking hell. I'm like, dude, Tom Atkins, he's got it. He was thinking ahead, forward thinking, guys. Well, he clearly is just ready to die. And he tells the two of them, Chris and Cindy, to get out of there. And he starts counting down. Yeah, you said he's holding a big old gallon of gasoline. He is now. He's pouring it out. And... Chris is just like acknowledged. He's like, all right, good luck. He's like, okay. At a certain point, it's like two seconds down and you see he like Tom Atkins is down now and he has the slugs crawling all over him. Three, yeah, and Chris and Chris two, and Cindy made it out front. One. And they turn around and he goes, detective, thrill me. Yeah. And then he goes, <laughs> the whole thing explodes. Detective, thrill me. And well, that Goes up in flames. the end of it there. We have Chris and Cindy having a sharing a kiss finally. Which was a little uh, funny to me. I'm like, yeah, you just uh, murdered a bunch murdered of, a bunch of sorority or fraternity dudes and then watched this guy kill himself. Time to kiss. Time to lock the lips. We see Detective Ray has somehow managed to walk out. Looks like the slugs have gotten in him. He's very much charred. He is. He looks burned. like Darth Vader. He does. He walks a few feet, then he falls to the ground and you hear a little explosion as slugs come out of his head. <gasps> wow. Well, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> the slugs go underneath a gate and then the camera pans to a sign that says the something something cemetery. Mm-hmm. And as it continues to pan up, it is just the biggest cemetery you've ever seen in the entire fucking world. Of course. Yeah, I was like, is that a, is this like a miniature? <laughs> it looks like something was weird about it. Uh, I think it was like a miniature mixed with like art, you know? Right, right, like right. Like a matte painting. And in our final shot, we see a spotlight appear from up above. Looks around, disappears. And then what do we see, Jeff? 
an alien ship. Mm-hmm. <gasps> the boys are back. The boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. You see it continue to just slowly hover over the cemetery as it uses its spotlight to look around, trying to find this lost experiment of theirs. And cut to black. Night of the Creeps. Fuck. (laughs) Nice job. All right, Jeff, are you ready to get into our final thoughts of this movie? Yes, I am. First question. Did you like this movie? Uh, Yeah, this movie was good. Okay. I was... It's pretty good. Like on the fence about what you would think about this because I like that it is a comedy or a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Movie, and those are always a better hit than straight up horror when it comes to you. Yeah, I usually like those a little more. And the first time I saw this, I thought it was pretty funny with mm-hmm. enough gory elements, but while also keeping it light overall. Right, right, right. I will say, like I mentioned before, the intro really set the bar high. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not wrong. If... Like, I really wanted those little dudes to be in the whole movie. Agreed. And the fact that it was like, it looked kind of like the ship was a little alien-esque, like the movie Alien, and like just them running down the thing and hitting the fucking escape pod and having a big thing full of goo. And I was like, this is about to be fucking crazy. And then it was like, oh, it's a slug. It's another slug. We just watched a slug movie. (laughs) (laughs) But all in all, yeah, it was was awesome. I I think there's a lot of um, good, good parts. You're definitely not wrong. Like that intro, the very first right. time I saw this, I was like, what am I watching? Because <laughs> I didn't really know too much about this the first time I saw it, other than that Tom Atkins was in it. That oh, yeah. It was a horror movie and that it was like there were gross elements in, in it. Mm-hmm. I'd seen pictures of the, like the corpses, his faces oh, and nice. melted faces and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is why I want to watch it. But then I also would sometimes confuse it with Night of the Comet. You know, Night of the Comet, Night which of the Which you did, I think, when you're telling me what movie you're going to watch. Yeah, I did confuse the names a few times, yeah. but I knew which one was which. This is just, yeah, a very fun movie that I could they could have used more alien elements, but... But, but uh, all in all, a, a good watch. Would you say you enjoyed the characters? Um, Enough. I didn't find any of them, like, overly annoying. Mm-hmm. Not even the wet blanket? Not even the wet blanket, like... He I did multiple times say like this guy sucks ass. Yeah, but not in a way that's like the acting was good and the character was written fine. It was just kind of like he's a big fucking wet blanket and is like kind of a shitty friend. (laughs) I liked his dynamic with JC Mm -hmm. because as annoying as JC could be, I don't think he like went as annoying as he could have been. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think maybe his character was like that to counteract how just shitty Chris was. Mm. It's like the two ends of a spectrum almost like like JC JC. Mm-hmm. He was like borderline charming in certain parts mm-hmm. where I'm like, I feel like the girl would have liked him more like Cindy and him had more chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, he did get annoying at certain at uh, in other scenes. I'm like, shut the, shut the fuck up. But he always did have a like an overall love for for Chris. There was totally. even a, a conversation where they got into a little bit of an argument and he's like, man, I'm, I'm like this because you are. Otherwise, this would be terrible. Things would be awful for you. Yeah, he's uh, like, like I joke around because otherwise we'd both just be depressed all the time. Yeah. And like I'm doing these things to try and make you happy because I'm mm-hmm. your friend where I went to go see this cadaver with you. Even though I like this is an awful idea. I don't even want to be part of the betas. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for you, man. I felt that was a good like finally the the friend in these movies gets a say of like, you know, dude, what the fuck? I'm 
basically it's like I have no character of my own. Mm-hmm. I follow you around and we're doing your bidding and chasing this girl that you like mm-hmm. and you're being like shitty about it. So I was like, finally, they get to like, you know, have their peace. And I, I liked his his death. It wasn't Me heroic, too. but he was able to go out on his terms and it mm-hmm. was sad. Yeah. It was impactful, I think. And I think that the character with Chris came across like he was genuinely upset. And yeah. The only oh, reason, I like, read trivia about that. That was his motivation. What's the trivia? So shooting that scene, apparently, because like you're saying, horror comedy, uh, Decker was like the director. Uh, he's like, I want that scene to really be real mm-hmm. and feel really impactful. So apparently he posted up really horrible shit around the uh, dorm. Oh, like horrible imagery. And he's like, don't look at anything until you start listening to the recording and then look up and start looking at these images. Jesus. So that you can have real pain in your eyes. And it's like, yeah, some some it listed off some stuff. It was like, yikes. Yeah, that's not so good. Well, some old wartime imagery and stuff. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 Um, So. And it worked. I mean, that scene was, I was like, wow, that felt real compared to, you know, the jokiness of the rest of it. I will say, I think Cindy's character could have used more personally. She was too very two dimensional. She was like, I'm the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the 80s. The typical 80s kind of girlfriend. But I like that they did, like I was mentioning earlier, give her character something to do where mm-hmm. once it like came down to it, she was able to just kick ass. She totally. had a fucking flamethrower. She took batters into her own hands. Seeing that scene, I feel like I'm slowly turning into like um, the enemy of of all of people who love old horror movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like these movies suck. You know what they should do? Remake the movie. Everyone's like, I fucking hate you. Um, but seeing that scene where they're like, again, she's in her like essentially prom dress with a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this could be so cool if they made it now. Yes and no. There's something about the campiness that I think just will you can't. Oh, recreate. you got to leave it campy. Do I would say do a low budget, bring Tom Tom Atkins back. He plays the same exact character. I would love that. That's how you would have to do it. Mm-hmm. Bring I bring the aliens into more of it, you know, and just do a bunch of the same stuff. I don't know. I think it could be good. Yeah, but Recast for, for what her character was given, especially in the end, she did great. I really enjoyed that character. Yeah. And then finally, Tom Atkins, my God, that man can do no wrong. Killed it. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop I'll, I'll always be happy seeing him. Yeah, dude, and that mustache too. And I, I completely forgot that we just sort of recently saw him. Can you calm down, Jesus Jeff? Christ, dude, I'm, I'm scared What are you doing with that microphone? <laughs> just punching it over and over. Did the laptop die for the soundboard? It's like, it's like a 10%. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, you got to save that in case we have any upcoming... Oh, you're right. Things going on. Any more deaths or kills or we'll see. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, like we just saw him in the My Bloody Valentine 3D. He's just like he has aged gorgeously. He looks the same. Although to be fair, that was 2009. That was a little ways Oof. ago. <laughs> yeah, like 14 years ago. But know. he just brings such a presence and his attitude of not really giving two fucks his characters being like fuck it mm-hmm. let's just do shit i fucking murdered some guy and now i saw a zombie body fuck <laughs> let's kill some worms i guess yeah spectacular he's great one final thing i just want to ask about is what were your thoughts on the gore levels in this or like the the horror elements uh i thought it was good uh-huh there's a lot of you know f- a lot of faces a lot of face stuff mm-hmm. a lot of faces exploding being shot splitting open slugs coming out of everywhere 
I feel like a lot of that did kind of pretty much happen at the end. There totally. were like bits and pieces here and there, but when it came down to Chris and Cindy just going from frat member to frat member, head opening, boom. I would have fired. been cool with more. I liked um Brad sitting behind her drooling and spitting out slugs. More yeah. of that level of like not necessarily gore, but like gross grossness. Factor? Like put more of that in. And like maybe I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not usually this type of, but maybe add like some goo. Okay. So it's like their heads burst open and like green goo pours out with the slugs or something. That'd be kind of cool. That's kind of cool, actually. But overall, yeah, great. I don't know. Do you okay. think, would you have preferred uh, uh, up the gore level a bit? I wouldn't have minded it, but I think there was like a decent, like I, I was I was happy minded. with what was in this. Yeah. It's same. not too much. Or I mean, we have become desensitized, I'll oh, be honest. Totally. I can always use more gore, especially the practical 80s kind of stuff. Well, it's, I will I think say, that's what I was going to say. As far as us recommending horror movies are like, you know, targeting what area what type of person would like these movies Mm -hmm. 80s movies tend to be i would say more people would enjoy them because they're it's practical and you can tell it's fake well i think it's still fun i think it now depends like person to person at this point or generation to generation yeah because i think our generation will appreciate that although if you talk to i mean i work with young people and they've never seen an evil dead 2 or a terminator (sighs) 2 and they're like yeah the effects weren't good and I was like, oh. like, that's what makes it fun, <laughs> dummy. Yeah. So I think up until a certain generation, you can like hope that people or you assume that they'll be like, oh, yeah, this is great. Right. You just got to get them. We got what we have to do. We have to start another podcast. Mm-hmm. We start from the beginning and we make a bunch of Gen Z and Gen Alpha or whatever. Watch these same exact horror movies. Mm-hmm. All right. Podcast number two coming yeah. away in 2025. Or like a Twitch stream or whatever. One. I guess final follow up to all of this is what were your comparisons to this and Slither? An unintentional, oh, I mean a ton. Like recommend like an unintentional just follow up, I guess, to a slug infested right, taking right. over town. Did you have a preference? I I like Slither more. Okay, um, but I will say it had to have been heavily influenced by this movie. Without a doubt, there's no way. Like even the way the slugs are shot, like the angle that they're slithering through the grass. I think it was intended to be kind of an homage mm-hmm. um, with just a higher level of comedy and more gro- grossness. In Slither? Yeah. Yeah. Like the giant woman and everything. It's like, that's Ooh. fucked. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I like them both. Yeah. Uh, a lot of similarities. Like I said, the slug stuff. The um, People's heads opening up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think you would have had these same feelings about the the grossness i guess if you hadn't just watched slither right before maybe this. i feel like that was one thing when i was side. editing the episode the other right. night is you were very appreciative of that gore or which not the, gore, the grossness which what you normally you aren't <laughs> i feel like usually i would have previously i would have been like this movie is so much better it's not as nasty yeah i honestly would have leaned more into you enjoying this movie over mm-hmm. slither but i mean again it just comes down to preference of the the cast i'm mm-hmm. sure the filmmaking styles and right what they could it is like more modern yeah which can can help or hurt mm-hmm. um depending but personally i i prefer this one over slither interesting given all of the great things that i love about slither it's just the 80s what if tom adkins was also in slither well, <laughs> that one of the bump it up to a, another star completely <laughs> i mean nathan fillion and tom adkins together team that'd be a great team up yeah my god all right, Jeff, final two questions back to back. Is this a movie you will watch again? And is this a movie you'll show someone? 
Um, I think I'd only watch it again if I was showing someone. Okay. Like it was good, but eh, I don't need to see it again. I'll probably watch clips of it or whatever, but like I, I do completely yeah. understand that. Yeah. Well, I don't feel like it is a slow movie. It is an mm-hmm. hour and a half, but I feel like maybe on a rewatch, knowing certain things, you might be kind of wanting it to move along yeah. a little bit faster. But I yeah. think most of the scenes that were shot, like there's something always happening. Like my notes, I was kind of constantly writing at least something down to try and go back to because a lot happens in a, a short lot happened. amount of time. Yeah. And again, we didn't cover every, like, cause there's so many details and we like hit the key things. points. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I feel like the category of, that we tend to talk about of like having it on at a Halloween party totally mm. fits. Oh yeah. Perfect for that because of the kind of like, okay, here's a scene where there's like, it's a college party or something. We can all just hang out and talk for a little bit. And then it's like, Oh damn, they're fucking head or whatever. <laughs> um, would you rewatch this movie? Oh, a hundred percent. Jeff, I have said, this is one of my all time, like favorite horror movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about all time, but this is one that I just fondly look upon. It's just such a fun concept. Fun is a word we use constantly, but it is so fun. Mm-hmm. The whole, it's like a fraternity, a sorority. It's taking place at a formal and it's just the gore, I think, is a good level. And it's campy. And again, Tom Atkins is a goddamn legend in this yeah. movie. Catchphrase after catchphrase. It <laughs> honestly reminded me a lot of They Live, Roddy Piper. Oh, just totally. He always had something to say. I was like, yeah, that can really just up something for me. Mm-hmm. He has so many. You're not going to be able to get all of them into this podcast. But they're There's very so good. many catchphrases. Hey, Jeff, thrill me. Thrill me. Let's move into the rating of this movie. Mm-hmm. Jeff, out of five frozen people in a cryostasis oh, chamber. Oh, interesting. How many frozen people in a cryostasis chamber would you give this movie? You know, it's interesting really what's, quick. What's that? This might have been a historical rating system in this podcast in the history of this podcast where it would have been the same system as a previous movie because i don't think that's ever happened has this happened before i don't think so but this could have been how many slugs in your head ah yes from the last one but i I appreciate that that. it's a different i just had to change it up it honestly makes it easier Mm because again i'm not comparing uh out of how many sorry uh five out of five cryo um Stasis chamber man. Cryo in a chamber stasis guys. Chamber. Um, I really made corp- corpsicles. That's way easier. Um, Out of five corpsicles, how many corpsicles would you give this movie? I'd give it a solid. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Three corpsicles? All right. It's almost kind of low, but hey, I give it a three. Okay. Yeah, that seems good. Yeah. I'm not going to do a half. Sure. But if I if there were halves, I'd do three and a half. But let's just say it's a three. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, what about yourself? Five out of five. Human Whoa. This Uh-oh. movie is spectacular. Soundboard's off. <laughs> uh, Did it die? Uh, there it, there is. it is. Five out of five, baby. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I have things to say. <laughs> well, I mean, I've pretty much said them all. Characters are great. Characters Core are great. Is great. Tom Atkins gives us an entire star all on its own. Mm-hmm. Speaking I, of. Yes. Just really quick. Uh, David Paymer. The dude, we're like, God, this guy's in everything. Yeah. I realized one thing I'd seen him in. Was it Frasier? No, I'm trying to remember what it was called. Is it a sci-fi show? Star Star Trek Trek reference! reference. It was Picard, so kind of more like... uh, Picard Picard reference. reference! 
That's Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, yeah, he just has got, he looks pretty much great. the same. Just he, lost, totally. I was like, hair. was he not in Star Trek? I, I looked it up because I was like, well, we got to have a Star Trek reference. <laughs> I could swear he was in Next Generation. I Yeah, everybody has pretty much. He's in so, like so many things. Anyway, so um, um, as you were saying, <laughs> <laughs> well, just five out of five human human corpsicles. I Damn. this is a solid five. Steve Hurwitz's recommendation. I think everybody should at least give this movie a try. I always say give it 15 to 20 minutes. If you're not into it by then, turn it off. But well, you mentioned that it has such an interesting beginning with the aliens, then black and white. If and it doesn't hook time, you in the you're going to be hooked. Hopefully. So yeah, give it a watch. That's a that's a recommendation by myself. That's right. We should have. A, we'll talk about it later. Okay, we'll talk about <laughs> it later. You were about to go on a tangent. Yeah, huh? yeah. Now I got to leave the people wondering. All right, Jeff, are you ready for everyone's favorite segment of the show? Uh, tops and bottoms. Like it or hate it, one one star review and one five star review of this movie. For the five star review on Letterbox from user Joey P seven one seven. Tom Atkins smokes a cigarette at a crime scene inside a cryo lab, and he stomps it out when he's done. He just casually contaminates evidence. <laughs> they don't even allow that in smoking bars. Five stars. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Let me just say all of like most of the reviews in the five star section always have something about Tom Atkins. This man oh, totally. stole this show and he deserves Oscars for this. Really? Yes, he does. All right. And fittingly. The one star review does not mention Tom Atkins. Ooh. I mean, because what are you going to put him in a one star review? Leave he him only out of it. Leave he him only, out of he it. only needs to be in five star reviews. Agreed. Um, one star here on Letterboxd from user Totoro Kun. Kun. Anyway, uh, give me more gore and slug action for a midnight movie about zombies, slugs, and 80s teen comedy. It's pretty tame and unmemorable outside. Outside its premise with an uncharismatic lead. Oh, Ooh. you know what, Totoro Kun? You can, you know, you can go away. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <coughs> I'm choking. Is it, um, are you choking on a slug? I am. Who Who's the lead that he's talking about? I'm, I'm assuming Chris. I think Chris. Oh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying he's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think man. he's fine. It could have been like I was saying. I feel like. JC, I think that was kind of the point, is what exactly, I'm saying. Yeah. It's not that he's like bad. He this. wasn't bad at it. It was just like, well, yeah, his character's supposed to be kind of like a fuddy duddy guy that mm-hmm. ends up being a badass in the end. Well, you know where that review can go? Straight into the bin, baby. To hell. High oh, five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to think that's part of the editing. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Okay. Well, Jeff, I think that that is the end of this week's episode, despite us having a very shortened horror hour. I feel like this episode is probably going to be, you know, about the same as the others. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. I feel like maybe sometimes we rant too much in the horror hour and we just go off on tangents or I bring up Godzilla in a horror podcast and that's not really horror related. I just want to do it because (laughs) we just talk about Godzilla for 30 minutes. (laughs) Meow. (sighs) Can you please just wrap this up, Jeff? Sure, you can uh, follow the podcast at Hurwitz's House of Horror on Instagram and TikTok and not Twitter. 
you can buy po- official podcast merchandise at herwitzeshouse4.com. You can follow Steve on Instagram at Steve. You can follow me on Instagram at Art of Jefferson or Ugly Cowboy on Instagram at Ugly Cowboy Co. Jeff, speaking of Ugly Cowboy Co., don't you have a new number that people can give a call? Yeah, you can. Go ahead and call Ugly Cowboy at 916-905-6413 and just say hello. Say whatever you want. Um, if you don't feel like calling Ugly Cowboy because you're like, what is that? Why would I call that? Call the Hot Take Hotline at 916-538-4412. Let us know what you thought about Night of the Creeps if you've seen it. Ask us a question about Night of the Creeps. Let us know if you had a preference, if you've seen both Slither and Night of the Creeps. I'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on that. Yeah. I think both are very valid and fun movies. And personally, we have uh, the original Odd Couple here. I enjoyed Night of the Creeps better, and you enjoyed Slither better. That's Jeff. right. If everyone can please rate and review the podcast and all of the podcasting apps, you can literally do it right in the app itself. And if you give us five stars and you leave us a review, we will read that review out live on the podcast. Now, all of those reviews do really help to get our name out there, and we would really appreciate that. If you uh, listen to our previous episode, the Slither episode, we did have a special caller. Uh, we talked to one of our patrons about Slither and what they thought of Slither. We can do that with you even if you want. If you pay us money, go to patreon.com slash H-H-O-H and we'll show you cool stuff and maybe put you in episodes and other things. And don't forget, we're going to use that money to buy ourselves a yacht so we can have the first ever podcast recorded on a yacht. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. Sorry, it was my I got to slug Did this you time. Just, oh, Jesus, man. Well, I guess this is our final recording. Yeah, you better hurry up. <laughs> before we turn into slug, slug bees. That's think, a zombie. That's a slug zombie. Okay, cool. Slug, slung. It's, slung. Sh- 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 uh, all right. it's all right. Jeff, do you have any idea what movie we're doing next week? Because I personally do not. I do not have anything on the calendar, but do you have something in mind? Uh, Nope. Cool. <laughs> It'll be a mystery. I'll pick it right after we stop All recording. Right. Just go to the Instagram. Once again, herwitzeshouseofhorror.com. Yeah. You'll see a coming soon we poster We will have there. the coming soon posted probably on, on the upcoming Friday. Mm-hmm. And I think that is it for the two of us today. Your two co-hosts. Well, one co-host, one regular host, two hosts. <sighs> a sub host and a dom host Uh uh-oh what pod daddy this is how you know it's time to end thank you everyone so much for listening we appreciate y'all coming on back and giving us a listen every week it is the greatest thing of all time so we will see everyone back here and jeff as we say at the end of every episode uh for which this house of aura detective thrill me We're gonna let this one sit for a second. Yeah. Yeah.